Welcome to Eureka Street Crypto. This is my anti-professional crypto channel. I'm just a barely sane dude who fell down the cryptocurrency rabbit hole. This channel is my fumbling attempt to communicate myself outside my own head about my journey in the crypto space. It is basically my brain dump. None of this is actual financial advice. Good morning, everybody. I'm Eureka John, and you're at Eureka Street Crypto Podcast. It is December 28th, 2022. Um, this is episode number 494. Yeah, it's been a minute since I've um, done any of, of my own personal shows on the Eureka Street Podcast because I've just been doing other stuff, man. Um, and today's my mom's birthday. I just want to say a shout out to my mom. And no, I don't use my mom's birthday as any secondary password recovery phrases. So don't even try it. Um, so yeah, uh, but happy birthday, mom. Um, very glad to still have you around and uh, very lucky to have both parents. So yeah, you know, that's, that's the older you get, the more you become thankful for that. Um, anyway, so yeah, um, this is episode 494. I have not hit 500 yet. It's been over a month since I've done any of these episodes. And uh, it's not because I've lost faith in crypto and Web3. Um, exactly the opposite, actually. Um, uh, all this FTX crypto crash and on you know one of the worst Ponzi scheme collapses in history. Um, after you know, this, I think it's been Bernie Madoff, and then now this one <laughs> have been like two of the biggest worst Ponzi scheme collapse in history. Um, Sam Bankman Fried of the FTX exchange. Um, there's been a lot of shenanigans going on in there, money laundering, all types of stuff. Who knows where all those billions of dollars that were supposed to go to Ukraine or whatever ended up. And a lot of people that uh, were invested in F you know, FTX exchange and everybody, it's just a quagmire of mess, political action committees. And my God, I don't even want to go into it here. But the point is, is I have not lost faith in Web3 and crypto and decentralization because none of that stuff that happened had anything to do with decentralized Web3 and crypto, what crypto is supposed to be about. And every, I'm getting back to my roots in, in a way. I'm not looking, I haven't looked at price in a long time. You know, um, I'm just plodding along doing what I started doing, just kind of like poking around at different technology and different projects people were doing, finding fun stuff. You know, that's what it's all about for me. Um, I didn't, I've, I've never been really, I'm, I'm terrible at like making money. You know, like I have my job, I'm still working at the hose plant. I haven't left the hose plant. I've tried to a couple times, you know, and uh, <laughs> they keep coming back and saying, hey, you know, uh, <laughs> what what'll make you stay you know and and then with i quit right before the crypto crash and right when the crypto crash happened i was like well you know it might be a good idea to go back to those plant and have something stable uh, so yeah m like making tons of speculative money has never been a top priority for me what has attracted me to this space is the decentralization the sovereignty of holding your own assets the way to work outside the system in which we're being ushered into this digitized system and i was explaining this to one of my in-laws friends over christmas is i was just like you know there's got to be another way to pay somebody as we are all being forced to move into like to handle our bank accounts to handle our utility bills to handle everything through the digital interface 
Well, there's becoming no such thing as digital cash anymore. How are you able to do all that without going through centralized entities to record every single thing you do? You know, you, you won't be able to give $20 to somebody to mow your lawn. You know, it's just to put $20 in somebody's stocking. It's, it's becoming everything is locked and loaded. And you say, well, I'm not doing anything wrong. Well, of course you're not for now, you know. Um, but what about the Canadian truckers, you know? You know, people tried to donate to help them out so they wouldn't freeze to death in their trucks as they're trying to stand up against government that's that's trying to force something for their health, apparently, in quotes. You know, and, uh, it, it, you know, what regardless of what your stance is on all that, you know, you, you the government was able to shut off people's donations and accounts and everything is accounted for. And there was a centralized control at the top that said you can or can't do this based on some completely unrelated issue. You know, you can or cannot use your money based on some completely unrelated issue. And that is a problem, you know. So so how are, are you know, if we were being forced into handling everything digitally, like our utility bills, for instance, and what if we're completely locked out of our system for some completely unrelated issue, then we won't be able to pay our utility bills, you know, and then we, you know, or our mortgage or anything like that if we aren't able to handle it outside of the digital realm. So there's got to be a decentralized way to do this, which is what crypto and Web3 are all about for me. It's this sovereignty, it's this decentralization of these choke points in which we can interact in the digital world. Because I don't want to be a total Luddite. I don't want to be, you know, be like Amish and renounce electricity and stuff like that. Not that there's anything wrong with Amish people, but, you know, it's just like... I want to live in the digital world. I like these amazing tools and technology in which we're being given, you know, or in which we're developing, we're earning them, you know, as people through science and technology. And I'm not against science and technology, but um, there's got to be an uncentralized way to go about it. And that's what Bitcoins started out creating. And that's what a lot of people have been building on top of, I believe, with smart contracts and, you know, the Ethereum ecosystem, people running their own nodes and not a centralized entity controlling all the different nodes in which transactions occur and a decentralized way to do finance. And so, you know, as a result, there's been a lot of amazing projects and, you know, and ideas and white papers sprout up. But, you know, a lot of it is vaporware in which is just a white paper and people try to 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 sell their idea in which people donate money to them by the tokens. And then it just evaporates and people somebody runs off with the money and stuff like that. So there are a lot of scams. So anytime there's a lot of innovation, there's always going to be a lot of scams. That was like the beginning of the Internet, too. There was a lot of innovation happening, a lot of dot coms building up and these amazing ideas that people were putting, you know, into the Internet world. And then, you know, there's the dot-com bubble burst in which you know, a lot of these ideas that were just websites evaporated into space and a lot of people lost a lot of money. So the same thing is happening right now. Crypto and Web3 is an amazing technology. It's just a lot of people don't know how to properly implement it yet. And it, the ideas are there, but the, the development of the infrastructure is not yet. And that's one thing that a lot of the builders now during this crypto crash or have their heads down and they're building like true people, true believers in all this stuff, have their heads down and are building. And that's exactly what I've been doing too. Is I, I've turned off CoinGecko. So I will go over to CoinGecko here just to take a quick look. CoinGecko is one of these price aggregators that I just kind of look at every once in a while. It's been a while since I've looked at this, but Bitcoin's at $16,654.42. Um, everything's looking a little red today. Um, there's, you know, whatever, it, it, but it's all hovered right around here. Ethereum is at 1194 Yesterday it was at like 1206 or something. 
Um, I don't even know it's in the top 10 anymore. I haven't really looked, but it looks like Polygon and Cardano and Dogecoin, you know, XRP. Some of the usuals, you know, Binance coin. Um, so we don't see FTX up here anymore for sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, somehow Shiba Inu is still in the top 20 and the number 17. So yeah, um, but my point is, is FTX was a centralized entity. It was a centralized exchange. And what do I mean by that? It means one company or one entity has control of the purse strings and of your of the keys to your crypto so what do i mean by the keys it's the passphrase whenever you 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 uh, uh open up a crypto wallet say for instance you download metamask on your browser um or you uh get you 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 get a Bitcoin wallet on your phone or whatever you do, uh, a place to store it, you get a, a passphrase, a private key and a public key. A public key is where they send you money and it's just like your address out on the front of your house, you know, and then the private key would be the actual key or the combination that you have to open the padlock on your mailbox to get your mail that's coming in. And uh, there, there's what's called a seed phrase, which is like 12, 15, 24 words that you can memorize or write down or store on a piece of paper or whatever, you know, and then um, you don't give that to anybody. And that's, that's a way that you can transfer that wallet to any wallet. So people say, well, you know, I, I, I you know, my phone went out on me, so I don't have that MetaMask wallet on my phone anymore. Oh my God, I'm screwed. Did you write down that seed phrase? Yes, you did. Okay, you're just fine. Download any, any type of Ethereum wallet or Bitcoin wallet or whatever. You know, you can download something completely different, like an Argent wallet instead of MetaMask, you know, and then put in that seed phrase and you'll import that wallet. So really all that wallet is, is it's a door to the blockchain. And uh, as long as you have that seed phrase, you can, you're good to go. Um, back in the, I believe in the World War II era, you know, or Jewish people were leaving Russia and um, they were going down to Israel and um, they, they would write down the serial number on all the dollar bills that they had. And instead of trying to transport all those dollars and have it confiscated and everything like that, um, they wrote all that down on paper. And then when they got down to Israel, they went down to the U.S. Embassy and they were able to say, hey, I have all this money. Here are the serial numbers for the dollar bills I burned. I didn't want to get it confiscated. And they were able to get their money back, you know, and that in a way acted as a seed phrase before a seed phrase ever happened. And so that's kind of the idea of it. As long as you can memorize those 12 words in your head, you can go across borders or wherever you want around the world. Um, and that's the whole idea of sovereignty outside of the system. And the more that we're being pushed in this digital world, the more important it is to, the higher important it is to have this type of, of sovereignty and independence outside of that. And as, and as you know, as you see in China, a social credit system is coming with central bank digital currencies. And uh, my daughter's boyfriend recently asked her and, and she ended up texting me. She's like, what's the difference between a CBDC and crypto and Bitcoin? I was like, well, central bank digital currency, in short, it was just by text, you know, is social credit system. You know, it is a centralized point of control where they have all your information and they can lock you in and out at will. They give you money, a universal basic income. They tell you where you can spend it, when you can spend it, how fast you need to spend it, you know, and, and if you behave badly, you're not going to get anything, you know, so that's, that's a centralized central bank digital currency, CBDC. And that is what is in China. And that's what they're trying to impose in a lot of countries, including the United States here. And a way around that 
is Bitcoin, you know, is Web3, is crypto, and to get out, outside, and there's a decentralized um, cryptos to be able, then everybody, if you participate in the system by running a node, by mining that currency, by running a validator, and every, the more people that participate in that system, the stronger that network is. Anyway, so yeah, you know, I've just been kind of just exploring some really fun stuff, um, projects that, you know, keep me entertained. And uh, I'm, I'm so that don't let me focus on price. And the whole reason why I, I really got hooked in the crypto space in the first place. So one of those, um, let's see here. I've just been reading and in, in participating in some fun NFT projects. One of those is as I've been doing working on a lot of podcasts. And one of the podcasts that I work on a lot is CryptoSapiens.xyz. Um, we have been putting out uh, tons and tons of episodes. We've been going and moving those episodes from just audio uh, to video now as well. So if you go to CryptoSapiens.xyz, you can come up to all the uh, the audio podcasts here, and those are all available there. There's some really good guests and shows on there. Um, you can also go to YouTube, though, and you can watch them now and uh, see the interviews in person. Um, Humpty Calderon is the host. He's a really an amazing host and asks a lot of really interesting questions and tries to really get to the people behind the projects. And that's another interesting thing in this space is there is a whole wide spectrum of people that are that are involving themselves, you know, and, and trying to figure this stuff out. It's not just one type of geeky programmer. I mean, there's people from all walks of life who are involved in this. I mean, look at me. They I work as a sales manager at a hose plant, you know, like what am I doing in this space, man? So, but yeah, and you can find it here at CryptoSapiens.xyz or you can go to YouTube and just search CryptoSapiens podcast and you'll see it there. But uh, there's a mini series that we've also been putting out. Um, it started out with Web3ID and Humpty as a host exploring the whole idea of decentralized ID. Then the Flow Science, he did one called um, Decentralized and that was decentralized science. You know, for instance, where do... It, how do you decentralize the whole idea of science? And, and scientists are gathering data, but can a scientist freely gather data and run experiments if they're being sponsored by certain corporations and entities? You know, like, for instance, the whole... I mean, I don't want to go into it, but, you know, like who sponsors our medicine, you know, and are those scientists really free to study what they want and to publish the results that they want without crossing um, motivations with whoever is sponsoring them? What if whatever results that, that they generate don't coincide with the goals of who's sponsoring them? So decentralized is important. And then I just finished doing, and we're publishing the fourth episode because each of these miniseries has four episodes. I just finished doing DiGiorno, decentralized journalism. And in the same concept, you know, do these journalists have the, the right? I mean, they should have the right. Journalism should be a public good, right? But what if, you know, journalism is ad driven though, you know? So if, if you're going to be a journalist and you need to, to make a living being a journalist, you need to create some type of, of headlines and some kind of stories that will attract the clicks because then the more clicks you get, then you're able to actually pay, be paid for being a journalist. And I mean, let's let's be you know honest here. The stuff that gets the most clicks is the polarizing content, the stuff that it, 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 it triggers emotions in people, anger, you know, and stuff like that, and fear. 
And that is what is driving the headlines right now, polarizing um, political content. And we've lost the sense of local news and there's become news deserts. And um, you know, what news deserts are is, is there's no more local stations. Everything is focused in, in talking about national content and polarized political content. You know, you can't talk about a, 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 school, a school board meeting or anything or a town hall meeting without talking about overarching Republican Democrat issues. You know, why don't we just sit down and, and have a nonpartisan talk and learn about what's going into our water supply? Well, that doesn't generate the clicks. So everything has become polarized. Everything has to have some kind of click generation. And then, you know, in order to get the sponsors, but then you can't create content that goes against the motives of the sponsors or your sponsors will drop you. Right. And, and so it's the same thing. How can you create hard hitting real journalism that um, circumvents the motives of the sponsors and still generate some kind of living to be able to live on and be a journalist as a professional, you know? So Decentralized journalism, DiGiorno, this miniseries explores that, and we uh, interview some some professionals in the space who are exploring this type of stuff. And so, if you go on to CryptoSapiens.xyz, um, it has DiGiorno three posted here. I think DiGiorno four is being posted today. But go back to the beginning. Um, it has the basics of journalism. Then it talks about um, uh, some of the tools that journalists can use. Uh, to, to decentralize themselves. Then it talks about censorship. And then the fourth episode here, we'll talk about public goods. Is journalism a public good? And how can you separate the ad model from it, journalism being a public good? So anyway, yeah, that's, that's, that's another thing I've been working on. And uh, I'm super excited about that. And I've just been kind of dicking around with some stuff, you know, like this uh, is a really fun project that I found. It's called Nukes World, N-O-O-X dot world. And uh, basically, it's just it's like uh, it ties into kind of decentralized identity, which is what Humpty um, in his miniseries, Web3 ID, was talking about. You know, um, the, the problem is, is crypto is, is completely transparent. Um, so if somebody has your wallet address, they can see everything you do. But then you can have somebody create tons of ident identities. Um, it's hard to figure out who's who in that world. Um, corporations, if they're going to create lending platforms, um, you want to create some kind of sometimes some some lending without any type of collateral. Um, you know, so you can hear they're, they're, they're trying to figure out ways to build like a reputation system. But that's decentralized. That's not controlled by any one so central entity that would create a social credit system. So there's a difference between a reputation system and a social credit system. And uh, a reputation system can, can allows somebody in the digital world to go into different communities. Like I go into different Discord communities and stuff like that. And uh, it says, hey, I've been in the crypto space for a while. I would like to contribute to this project. And you know, I've worked on this, this, and this. And somebody could be like, yeah, that's great. you know, But they could totally be lying about it. Well, if you have a bunch of NFTs that um, other projects have given you, for instance, there's a, a an NFT called a POAP, a Proof of Attendance Protocol, P-O-A-P. And if you go to POAP.xyz, you'll be able to see what that is. But uh, that particular NFT is an NFT that um, a project might give you, say, for instance, you go to their weekly meetings, right? 
And um, if you, every meeting that you go to, you get what's called a POAP. And that is a proof of attendance protocol NFT. And, uh, and if you were to look up my crypto wallet, you would find tons of bankless DAO POAPs. And it would show that, you know, and then also uh, uh, bounties that I've worked on and projects that I've worked on, I've gotten POAPs that have proved that I've been a part of that. So I could go to any other type of um, uh, project or community online and they could look up my my uh, MetaMask wallet address and go in the Etherscan and they could see all these POAPs and they say, man, this dude's really worked on some cool stuff. He knows what he's talking about. Um, oh, wow, he worked with CryptoSapiens. I see the POAP right here. I see the NFT that proves that he worked on this particular DiGiorno miniseries. So he def so that's a sense that it gives me some kind of cred and some kind of credentials to go into a community and maybe have some like authority right off the bat, you know, just kind of like an online curriculum vitae or resume, right? Uh, well, this website, Nukes World, kind of allows people to do that as well. It searches, um, it, it's supposed to be fun, you know? Like, this is, yeah. It, it, the point where this starts becoming like you can't escape this system and it becomes like a social credit. So it's like a weird teetering balancing act between like Web3 ID and a social credit system. And people are trying to figure out that balance right now. So like I said, nothing is completely perfect. But right now, this is fun. Um, so let's go into uh, create badge, right? Uh, I don't want to create badge. I'll explore some of these badges that are available. And you'll kind of see what I mean. Proof of achievements in your soul, all right? So and that's a play on the words like soul bound token. It's a it's a NFT that you can be transferred to you, but you can't transfer to anybody else. So you can take that NFT. And the, this this can apply to something like medical records in the future too. Like for instance, if you know your doctor does like a, a a record of blood pressure tests on you and uh, you know it shows you have a pattern of high blood pressure well instead of you know having to start fresh with any new doctor well that previous doctor could send the, those that collection of blood pressure tests and the results and give it to you to your your crypto address as an nft and so the next doctor that you go to all you have to do is plug in your in your wallet address and then that doctor could see all your previous blood pressure results and you would be the one in sole possession of that, not some centralized entity where it could be hacked or where somebody could own that and make you pay for it and to transfer it around and the fees, you know, like, like, a, like for instance, college transcripts, you know, you how much money if you want to apply to several different grad schools that you have to pay to be able to send those transcripts to like five different schools. If you're applying to five different schools, that's a lot of money. It all adds up like $35 a school you know that's a hundred and something dollars just to be able to send your transcript to five different schools i mean i don't know that's, that can really add up and be a lot of money and so if you had those your school academic record as an nft and all you got to do is have each school look up your your ethereum address and bam your information is right there no fees needed or anything and if all if all your your transcript information was an nft all right so this kind of rides on that same concept nukes.world so uh, i'm here just exploring some of these nft badges i can get what do i qualify for um well this this popped up sushi swap uncommon swapper so i've swapped 10 plus times on sushi swap 
and that's an accomplishment. Um, so I could add that NFT to my wallet and somebody could look at my wallet and say, oh, well, this person is very familiar with SushiSwap. Say for instance, if I were to apply for a job somewhere and they needed me to be very familiar with decentralized finance applications, you know, like Uniswap and SushiSwap. Well, I've proved that I am definitely very uh, um, adept at using SushiSwap because I have this NFT in my wallet and my Ethereum address proves that because my Ethereum address, my blockchain uh, record says I've swapped 10 plus times on SushiSwap. And then here's another one, Gitcoin donator. I have donated more than three times on Gitcoin to various projects. And uh, so, yeah, they can tell that I'm very familiar with a lot of um, up and coming projects that go through the Gitcoin system. And so, yeah, here, OpenSea Uncommon Trader, I'm about 60% there. I've traded um, about six NFTs, but it says traded 10 plus times on OpenSea. I'm not quite there yet for that one. Um, Uniswap Magical Swapper, I've swapped 20 plus times on Uniswap. So I'm very familiar with that decentralized finance exchange. Ethereum Rare User, I've created 200 plus transactions on Ethereum. So yeah, somebody could tell that I know some of my stuff. Um, ETH Denver Buffacorn Mentor, I have been to ETH Denver before, I went last year, and here's my proof. So um, if I wanted to apply for ETH Denver this year, which I did, uh, I could show them this NFT without actually owning the Buffacorn still because I did sell it. <laughs> and I, you know, I sold it after I went to ETH Denver last year. I didn't think I would need it again. And then now I don't have my ETH Denver Buffacorn NFT, um, but they could look at my ENS address and see that I used to own it. And, and, and here I could get this this NFT that sh that proved that I've minted a Buffacorn before. So yeah, I mean, there's just all different types of stuff on here that you could, so Ethereum since 2020. I mean, technically I've been using Ethereum since 2019, but that was a different wallet address. But for this particular wallet address, I've been using Ethereum since 2020. Um, so yeah, there's all different types of cool, CryptoKitties Breeder, that's another one. Um, so yeah, there's, I've, it created a lot of crypto kitties nfts i like to, to do create those with my kids those are fun um so yeah there's a lot of cool stuff that can be um, added to your wallet address to kind of create a decentralized reputation and uh, that i could take from community to community so yeah go check out nukes.world n-o-o-x.world and just you know see what stuff you can get and all you got to do is just click on it and uh let's see here um you should be able to go to claim and uh, bam, you know, I'll just claim this sushi swap, sushi swap, uncommon swapper NFT badge. And uh, voila, my MetaMask pops up. You can't see it on this screen right here, but it is popping up and it's pretty cheap right now. Gas prices are pretty cheap because everything's in the toilet, which I'm enjoying. I'm because uh, last year around this time, Ethereum gas prices were super high. And um, yeah, so <laughs> it wasn't that fun. But uh, um, since then, you know, there's like I said, the developers have had their heads down and they've been creating tons of cool stuff in the space. These are the people that are not in it for price and speculation, but they are in it for the technology. And uh, right here, I'll claim this for two dollars and thirty nine cents point zero zero two ETH. And uh, after gas fee, that's like another two bucks, two twenty nine. And so the total, uh, I'll be spending two four fifty one here. And of course, the price is updating now. And uh, bam, confirm this. And uh, there, this NFT is now mine. It's in my wallet. And uh, if I ever need to show that I am well versed in Sushi Swap, bam, then all I gotta do is show this NFT. Ta-da! You know, so yeah.
Um, and I'll go to view my profile and you'll be able to see what I've been able to accomplish. You know, Buffacorn mentor, Ethereum since 2020, 2020 Crypto Kitties breeder, uh, sushi swap, uncommon swapper. Crypto Kitties are so fun. I mean, if you have kids, they're they're really great to do. You know, I've created a lot of different kitties and allows you to, you know, buy a couple of little cats for cheap and then you could breed them and then it takes the attributes, you know, because each NFT has certain attributes that you can build into it, like fur color, eye color, you know, all that. If you're familiar with playing like uh, World of Warcraft or even Magic the Gathering cards and stuff like that, all the little attributes that each card has. Uh, well, imagine if you took those cards and you were to be able to mash them together and create new characters out of it. Well, that's exactly what Crypto Kitties is. And uh, yeah, <laughs> some of these cats, man. I mean, there's like one that's going for like, like I don't know, like three hundred thousand dollars. It's insane. Of course, I only have the ones that are worth like five dollars. But um, yeah, you know, we've created a bunch of little cats, you know, and they have their different attributes. Like, uh, you know, this one here, uh, Crystal. You know, <laughs> this one was bred from these two, Kit Sportgy and Marshall Lubfro. You know, it's so nerdy, and but it's fun, you know, and, and the kids love it. And, you know, so Crystal was a result of these two cats breeding right here. So, yeah, fun stuff. Um, anyway, that about does it. Uh, I have a lot of stuff I, I want to talk about, too, but I don't know if you've heard it, but the kids are up. And uh, so my time is limited. That's why I get up at the butt crack of dawn. And I've been trying to focus on That's why I've not been doing it in the morning. I've been going to work out instead and focusing on my health. But, um, you know... Uh, after the kids get up, my time is super limited. <laughs> like I re so that quiet time in the morning, you know, I'm just like an old 40, I'm about to be 47 year old dude, you know, and uh, just trying to, to do my best in the morning and make the most use of that time before I have to go be a, a uh, husband, a dad, an employee, and everything else that everybody else wants to be me to be. This is my time in the morning to just kind of dig in and you know just check out some fun stuff and start the day right. All right, man. Well, I hope you all have had a good Christmas holiday or whatever you celebrate. And New Year's Eve is coming up. Maybe you have this week off of work. Hopefully you do. If not, you know, um, hopefully you have a good New Year's Eve weekend. All right, well, I will talk to you next time I talk to you. And let me go to this outro here. Where are you at? There you are. Whoops. There. All right, later, y'all. Thank you for making it to the end of this program. If you actually like this content, give a thumbs up. And if you want to hear more, just hit the subscribe button. I'm available on YouTube, Odyssey, and BitChute, and on all the major podcasting platforms in audio version. Spotify specifically, if you would like to follow and leave a review, that would help a lot. I am also available on Twitter at EurekaJohn1. That's E-U-R-E-K-A John, J-O-H-N, and the number one. My DMs are always open. Feel free to shoot me a message. Thanks again.